This podcast is called The Real Story About Chronic Pelvic Pain Syndromes. The following talk is about the Wise Anderson Protocol with your host, Dr. David Wise, co-author of A Headache in the Pelvis. Dr. Wise developed the Wise Anderson Protocol with Stanford urologist Dr. Rodney Anderson. He has been treating pelvic pain in a specialized group for over 20 years. If you are a man diagnosed with prostatitis, you may be confused about what this diagnosis means and certainly about what you can do to help yourself. I have spoken to thousands of men who have shared this confusion and for many years I have seen a need to help sort it out. There is good reason to be confused about prostatitis. Conventional treatments for what is typically diagnosed as prostatitis treat the prostate and surprisingly the vast majority of prostatitis does not appear to be a prostate problem. This comes as a surprise to most men diagnosed with prostatitis. It is hard to understand because the diagnosis you've been given says your prostate is the source of your symptoms. And in most cases, it is not. Someone typically diagnosed with prostatitis has at least a few of the following symptoms. Very few people have all of them, although most people diagnosed with prostatitis have at least several of them. These are the symptoms. Urinary frequency, urgency, hesitancy, dribbling, and a feeling that you're not quite empty or satisfied after urination. Increased discomfort sitting down. Pain or discomfort in the penis, testicles, perineum, anus, anorectal area, tailbone, groin. Pain or discomfort can be on one side in the middle or on another side or a combination. You can have discomfort during or after ejaculation. Usually the increased discomfort can occur hours or a day after ejaculation. You can have discomfort or relief after a bowel movement. Sometimes symptoms can migrate from one place in the body to another. Hot baths or heat or hot shower can often take the edge off of the symptoms. Valium or other benzodiazepines sometimes temporarily help, although they are no solution. Typically, if you have these symptoms and have been diagnosed with prostatitis, you've been given a variety of antibiotics or alpha blockers or anti-inflammatories, none of which have resolved your symptoms. Treating the muscles of the pelvic floor and the habits that keep the muscles chronically tight has yielded remarkable results. Nevertheless, most physicians have continued to use the term prostatitis and treat complaints of pelvic pain and urinary and other dysfunction as if these symptoms were caused by an inflammation or an infection. When a man comes into the physician's office and complains about the symptoms I've just listed, where there is no evidence of infection, the doctor typically treats the patient as if the cause of the problem is an infected or inflamed prostate gland and often gives antibiotics without checking for infection. Research has documented that antibiotic treatment without evidence of infection routinely fails 
to help patient symptoms, and yet almost all of the men we have seen with symptoms I have listed who have been diagnosed with prostatitis and who have no evidence of infection do receive antibiotics, offering numerous courses of them. Most doctors that these men have seen have not done cultures to document any infection. The reason antibiotics don't work for this problem is that 95% of the cases of men with symptoms do not have a prostate infection. In the Wise-Anderson protocol, which we developed at Stanford University in the Department of Urology, we always checked for evidence of infection and inflammation in the prostate fluid of men who complained of pelvic pain and related urinary, sexual, and other dysfunctions. I want to emphasize that the antibiotic treatment of bacterial prostatitis has been a great achievement of modern medicine. If you have bacterial prostatitis, even though this is the case in only a tiny proportion of men diagnosed with prostatitis, antibiotics are a very good treatment, certainly the only treatment, and they usually work. The problem is that treating all conditions of pelvic pain and dysfunction in men as acute or chronic bacterial prostatitis in careful research has been shown not to work. Despite the clear scientific evidence that antibiotics are ineffective for what is called non-bacterial prostatitis, it is a common practice for doctors to routinely give antibiotics for this condition. It is not difficult to determine whether the prostatic fluid is inflamed or infected. This is how it is done. Typically, the urologist does a prostate massage, expels some fluid which comes out of the penis, and the fluid is put on a microscope slide where it is then examined microscopically. Alternatively, the sediment of an immediate post-massage uh, specimen of urine is examined. When there is infection or inflammation, white cells are visible through the microscope and their numbers are counted in a conventional way per high-powered field, referred to as X number of white cells per high-powered field. Research has shown that a few white cells are not uncommon in the prostatic fluid of normal men. And in some studies, men who have no symptoms have more white cells in their prostatic fluid than men who are symptomatic. Research also has shown that the symptoms of what is variously called non-bacterial prostatitis, prostatodynia, pelvic floor dysfunction, chronic pelvic pain syndrome, do not appear to be caused by inflammation either. In other words, what we are saying is that in the vast majority of male pelvic pain, neither inflammation nor infection of the prostate gland seems to be the problem. It was for this reason that in 1995, the National Institutes of Health renamed what was called non-bacterial prostatitis, chronic pelvic pain syndrome, or CPPS. While this name is sometimes used, the term prostatitis continues to enjoy wide usage today despite the information I am sharing here. The confusion about prostatitis and chronic pelvic pain syndrome continues unabated. Here are the factors that seem to be associated with the onset of what is usually diagnosed as prostatitis. 
high periods of stress, tendency toward anxiety and worry, compulsive sexual activity or masturbation, weightlifting or bicycle riding, anxiety-producing sexual encounters, and then trauma to the pelvis, or a preceding bacterial infection, sometimes prolonged sitting in a stressful work environment, and sometimes pelvic surgery. If the vast majority of men diagnosed with prostatitis are not suffering because of an infection or inflammation, why are they suffering? The work we did at Stanford and the studies we have published, our book A Headache in the Pelvis, and the information on our website all discuss our insight that the vast majority of cases of what is called prostatitis, prostatodynia, chronic pelvic pain syndrome, pelvic floor dysfunction, are a kind of chronic charley horse up inside the pelvic floor, a kind of ongoing spasm that is fed by anxiety, tension, pain, and protective guarding. This is a new understanding of what is commonly called prostatitis. It means that to effectively treat symptoms, the focus has to be on the muscles of the pelvic floor, on the anxiety and the tendency to focus tension in the pelvic floor muscles under stress. This understanding and treatment was originally called the Wise-Anderson Protocol, although it has been popularly called the Stanford Protocol for many years. Information about this protocol and its success in treating what has been called prostatitis can be found throughout our website and in our book and our publications. I hope this discussion has been helpful to those of you who have been confused about the diagnosis of prostatitis and what can be done about it. For more information, go to our website, www.pelvicpainhelp.com. Thank you.